The Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company proudly presents Wasteland Active Radio. Gentlemen, boys, girls, friends, beyond and between, welcome back to Wasteland Active Radio. Coming to you live from the Warfront with Dashwood Forward Operations Team, 19th Division. As always, I'm your host, Crispy, and uh, we've got some stuff for you today, so uh, let's get into it. So long, Nebraska. The Dashwoods have found a way to push forward, and the Rockies are in sight. Too bad the mail will be late. More on that in today's announcements. The weather has been clearing up, but we'll wait to celebrate until Bucket says otherwise in today's weather. The super mutants have been busy and they brought their pets, all while a new species, or perhaps an old legend, has been spotted. More on that in today's local news. Johnny hasn't been talking to me, but from what I've heard, he's still in the shop tent. Uh, whatever Johnny has for today's tech tips will be a surprise. Yeah. We all know that our limbs are supposed to stay on, but Chauvin is going to teach us when and how to remove them in today's Wasteland Health. After a music break, Atlas interviews the 19th Division's fearless leader, Major Danielle Walsh, in today's On the Scene. And finally, for today's open table, I... Uh, I'll figure something out. With all that out of the way, let's get on with today's show. In today's first announcement... The daring Dashwood mercenaries with the forward operations team have found a way through Nebraska and have pushed the front even closer to the Rocky Mountains. With this new way paved forward, it won't be long before more of the Dashwoods can catch up and form the true front line. The goal of the forward operations teams, and by extension the 19th Division, is to find a path for the main Dashwood forces to advance through. They're already hot on our heels and I'm glad to know they've got our backs while we blaze this trail. That being said, the path that our scouts have, well, scouted, isn't simply a walk through the park, except where it passes through an actual park. <clears throat> the path intersects with many pre-made and well-used roads and trails. In the more wild parts along the way, predators such as rat skunks, vulture cats, squirrels, and the occasional yaogwai have been seen stalking through the area. Anyone, Dashwoods included, should remain alert. For our next announcement, as the Dashwoods near the Wyoming border, more supermutant resistance is being met. Groups of no less than five to ten supermutants have been spotted roaming the area, though larger groups have also been spotted. With the increased number of supermutants, the Dashwood scouts have been unable to safely eliminate these groups and have instead been warning settlements and travelers of supermutants in the area. For those who encounter supermutants, the best way is to simply avoid them. Move as far away as you can, as fast as you can. Do not let yourself get captured. While supermutants typically only capture people to eat them, these groups are abducting people to turn into more supermutants. Dashwood Intelligence has estimated that only one in five humans that are abducted by these groups of supermutants are eaten while the rest are brought back to Macklin's stores of FEV. In our final announcement, this week's mail relay will be late due to the mail relay team being attacked by hammerhead worms on their way through Indiana. There were no casualties, but the mail relay team suffered severe injuries and were forced to abandon the mail. For those unaware, hammerhead worms are heavily mutated worms that are common in southeastern regions of the U.S. Lately, these worms have been migrating westward, despite the cold weather. Whether this is a new evolution of worms or a different species altogether is unknown. Regardless, these worms are extremely dangerous and should be avoided at all cost. As for the mail, a second relay team will be sent and should arrive next week. Another relay team recovered the mail and found that it was relatively undamaged. The next relay team should arrive later this week. That's all for announcements, so let's go over to Bucket for this week's weather forecast. Bucket, activate. Activating. Awaiting instructions. 
Good morning, Bucket. Is it? Y yeah of course it is. Your faltering speech is evidence to the contrary. Just forecast the weather. Acknowledged. Beginning weather forecast for the week of December 14th, 2287. Currently, the temperature is 30 degrees Fahrenheit, with a high of 38 degrees and a low of 29 degrees, 10% humidity. Overcast with light winds. Thursday, the temperature will have a high of 36 degrees with a low of 32 degrees, 12% humidity. Overcast, wind speeds up to 11 miles per hour. Friday, the temperature will have a high of 40 degrees with a low of 35 degrees, 20% humidity. Overcast with light winds and scattered showers. The estimated weekly radiation level is... Condition orange. High levels of radiation detected. Travel not advised. Seek shelter and utilize anti-radiation materials. Forecast complete. Performing diagnostics and printing satellite scans. <sighs> Got some sleet and a rad storm coming our way. But aside from that, the week ahead doesn't sound too bad. It's gonna get pretty muddy out though. Hopefully that won't slow us down too bad. Well, good work, Bucket. Go back to doing, uh, whatever it is you do. Acknowledged. Returning to apathetically stare at the side of a tent for the next several hours. Okay, don't have too much fun. I won't. Well, sounds like things are gonna get warmer this week. That's nice. We've also got a radiation storm on our hands. Been a while since I've been through one of those. Make sure to stock up on Radex and Radaway, dear listeners. With the weather out of the way, let's move on to this week's local news. In our first news story, I have the unfortunate job of relaying some bad news to you, dear listeners. Three days ago, Dashwood Scouts reported finding a settlement that had been completely raised. According to the sign out front, it was a settlement called Stillwater. According to the Scouts, the damage done to the town and the partially eaten remains point towards Macklin Supermutants as the prime suspect in the town's destruction. The Dashwoods have been reaching out to surrounding settlements in order to warn them and assess the risk of being the next targets of Macklin's army. So far, the settlements of New Newcastle, Flat City, Bills Bluff, and Casa Plana have been warned of Macklin's approach. New Newcastle and Flat City have agreed to collaborate with the Dashwoods. Negotiations with Casa Plana are still in the works, and Bill's Bluff has outright refused any offers of assistance. For settlements that ally with the Dashwoods, detachments of Dashwood mercenaries will be dispatched to assist in allied settlements' guards until Macklin and his army have been dealt with. In our next piece of news, it appears that Macklin's army has been able to create more centaurs. Great. For those who don't know, centaurs are other monstrosities that can be made using the FEV. According to show correspondent and on-the-scene host, Atlas, a centaur is what you get when you throw humans and a bunch of animals into a vat of FEV and wait for whatever is made to crawl its way out. Centaurs are aggressive, violent, and strong. Macklin's army has been using these centaurs as guard dogs since the master, the creator of super mutants, still occupied Mariposa military base. The centaurs often accompany super mutants and are used as attack animals. Centaurs are capable of attacking from range by spitting highly radioactive bile at ranges of up to 20 feet. Centaurs also use their tentacles and teeth to attack at close range. Centaur bites need to be sterilized immediately, otherwise any centaur bite wounds will become horribly infected. Unfortunately, one of the Dashwood Scouts learned this the hard way and developed gangrene after being unable to treat the wound. It goes without saying that you should avoid centaurs just as much as you should avoid super mutants. In our final piece of news, reports of an unusual creature have begun to pop up in the region. Travelers near the Nebraska-Wyoming border have reported seeing a large, four-legged creature on the plains hunting and stalking animals while making a sound similar to laughter. Ooh, spooky. People who have seen the animal describe it as large, with a hunchback, dog-like face, spotted fur, and a mohawk of fur running down its spine. Huh. That, uh, almost sounds like a hyena. In fact, uh, some people have brought up stories from before the war about a hyena spotted in the area. 
These are, of course, all rumors, but it would be a good idea to keep an eye out. It's already too dangerous to travel alone these days, and this is just another reason to stick with the group. There is strength in numbers, so long as you don't get pulled along into a mob. This hyena thing is just one of many threats in the wastes, and you never know when something you've never seen may just sneak up and snatch you. I'm sure that some of you out there are used to traveling alone, jamming out to music as you sneak across the wastelands carrying a metric butt-ton of gear between settlements. You may think you're more than prepared for whatever the wastelands can throw at you, that you don't have to worry about dying since you're more capable than saving yourself from scum trying to kill you. In response to that, I have to ask, are you sure about that? Well, that's all for today's news, so let's go over to Johnny with this week's edition of Tech Tips. Johnny? Johnny, are you there? Yes. So, uh, how are... Today I'm going to teach the listeners basic robot maintenance. As we travel through the wastes with our robot companions, it's inevitable that they'll get damaged and worn. So I'm here to teach everyone a few things you can do to fix common issues that you'll face. To do so, I'm going to have my friend Bucket assist. Hello, Bucket. Greetings. List your status. Acknowledged. Current status. Operating at 74.98% efficiency. Error report. Error. Mobility jet coolant blockage. Limb designation arm 3. Range of motion reduced by 30.8%. Limb designation arm 2. Manipulation claw not responding. Okay, that's easy enough to fix. We'll start with the issue in arm 3, which is likely a lubrication issue. Alright, Bucket? Enter live maintenance mode and deactivate arm 3. Acknowledged. Mobility jet deactivated. Arm 3 deactivated. Backup files prepared. To start, we're going to remove arm 3. Bucket is a heavily modified Protectron robot with a Mr. Handy mobility jet, arms, and manipulation claws, so we'll need proper tools for the job. You'll need a standard socket wrench with a 1-inch socket, a 1-quarter inch socket, and a 5-32nds inch socket, a small blade sharp enough to cut plastic, a fluid pan, and needle nose pliers. Start by removing the casing bolts on the shoulder using your ratchet with the quarter inch socket. There are four bolts you'll need to remove. Be sure to set them aside where you can easily find them. There. Now we'll switch to our 1-inch socket to remove the nut holding the shoulder mounting bolt. Once you have the nut removed, set it aside and hold onto the arm while you remove the mounting bolt. Set the mounting bolt aside and pull the arm gently out and away from the body. You'll need to remove the pneumatic tubes before you remove the arm, so place your fluid pan beneath the shoulder to catch the pneumatic fluid. General Atomics use contiguous tubing, so you'll need to cut through them. As for bucket, I added custom tubing with mounting clips so I could easily remove the arm for maintenance without having to replace and reseal the tubing every time. Now, we'll set the arm down on our workspace and take the manipulation claw from arm 2. It's the same method as before, but using our 5/32nds inch socket in place of our quarter inch. And now we'll set that aside. To start, We'll work on the manipulation claw. From the looks of it, the pneumatic tube was too long and got pinched. This is an easy fix. All you have to do is cut away some of the excess tubing. And we'll replace the mounting clip. Simple as that. We'll reattach it at the end, but for now, we'll move on to the arm. I can't see any external issues with the arm, so we'll remove the casing to see if it's an internal issue. We've already removed the shoulder casing bolts, so it's as simple as sliding one of the casing panels up and pulling it away to reveal the internal components. Ah, it looks like the elbow joint was misaligned. That's a very common issue with Mr. Handy's and easily fixed. We just need to oil it and tighten the mounting bolt using our quarter inch socket wrench. There we go. That's two issues down. Let's go back to Bucket to take care of the coolant blockage. When performing maintenance on a robot with a mobility jet, be sure to let the jet cool down before touching it. Otherwise, you risk getting burned. Bucket, what is your mobility jet's current temperature? 
Cooling jet temperature is currently 108.3 degrees Fahrenheit. That should be fine. Just in case, I'm going to put on a glove. Now, we'll start by removing the outer metal tube. All you have to do is grab it and twist to the left until it comes off. There we go. We've got the jet's internal components exposed. Let's find that coolant hose. The Mr. Handy coolant is dispersed through flexible steel hose marked with a blue band at either end. Here it is. Hmm. Hear that? That sounds like the coolant froze inside the tube. This is another simple fix. Just unscrew the nuts at either end. You may need a crescent wrench to do so if the threads have rusted. But if you keep your robot well oiled, it shouldn't be an issue. There we go. And I was right. The coolant froze. Considering the weather, this isn't uncommon and is easily fixed and easily prevented. You can use a heavy pipe cleaner to force the frozen coolant through, or use your hands to warm it up until it starts to drip out, and then blow it out of the hose. Be sure to clean the inside of the tube using a mild solvent before reattaching it. I found that a Braxo and water in a 5 to 1 mixture works perfectly. To prevent this from happening again, be sure to keep your robot's external temperature at safe levels. You can refer to your robot's log maintenance procedures to figure out what temperatures your robot companion can operate in. For the most part, robots are incapable of performing maintenance on themselves, so it's up to us to keep them in working order. If you know how to program and utilize proper AI, your robotic companions will never let you down. Unlike people, who convince you to trust them and lead you along for years, preying on your inexperience in the world for their own sick pleasure, and make you believe that you made an irreparable mistake that constantly nags at the back of your mind whenever you think of your late caretaker. Your robots will never lie, your robots will never stab you in the back, and your robots will never gaslight you for over five years. <sighs> That's all for Tech Tips. I'm Johnny Windsor. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks, Johnny. Stop leaving Bucket outside! Y yeah will do, Johnny. So, <clears throat> that was certainly educational. Let's keep the education going as we move on over to Shoban for this week's edition of Wasteland Health. Shoban? Hey, everybody! Welcome back to Wasteland Health! I'm Siobhan, and I'm here to teach you how to keep your insides inside! <laughs> what have you got for us today, Shoban? Today, I'm going to teach the listeners about gangrene! How to treat it when an amputation is necessary and... If necessary, da 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 da, how to perform a below the knee amputation! Yay! To assist with this, my patient today is. Private Phillips from the Scouts! How are you feeling today, Private? I'm not feeling too good, Doc. My leg. God, it hurts. Did... Did you say it needs to be cut off? Oh, I did. Mm, sorry, Private, but they got you here too late to save your leg. Am... Am I gonna die? No. I promise I won't let you die. I have to determine how much of your leg I can save before we do anything. To start... I've already gotten Private Phillips hooked up to a saline IV drip. And I'm going to give them a dose of Medex help with the pain while I work. Mm-hmm. That should start working soon. Thank you. Oh, just, just try and relax. To start, we're going to determine just how far the infection has spread. Private, can you tell me what happened? Centaur snuck up on me, bit the back of my leg, the right one. Okay, let's take a look. Okay, that's, that's obviously gangrene. Private Phillips' right leg is showing signs of advanced gangrene. Around the wound, the flesh is blackened and oozing, and the whole thing smells like rot. 
before it gets to this point, an infected area will look red and swollen. The area will also be mostly numb or be extremely painful. Sores and blisters will start to form and ooze rotting fluids. Eventually, the area will go numb and pale before blackening. Once the wound has gone black and it looks like it's spreading, it's time to consider amputation. Before it gets to this point, antibiotics can help to fight the infection and prevent it from spreading. If there is tissue resulting from the gangrene infection, it will need to be removed, typically through surgery. Hey, sorry to interrupt. Just wanted to chime in with a quick question. Uh-huh, shoot. Back before the war, I remember reading about doctors using maggots to eat dead tissue. Do you know if that's true? Ah, I've never done it myself, but I've read about that as well. Maggots specifically gathered for a procedure like that have been used to eat away dead tissue in infected wounds. These days, mm, you'd be hard-pressed to find maggots that haven't grown too large or have been irradiated. Uh, I would advise against this method. These days, mm, since the closest thing you could find is bloat fly larvae, and uh, that isn't going to stop at just the dead tissue. Amputation. 
guillotine amputation is as simple as hacking the limb off as cleanly as possible. This is typically done in a pinch where the limb is too mangled and is likely going to get infected. Once it's done, surgery is still going to be necessary to repair as much of the damage as possible. The method the surgeons will use is a completed amputation. They'll cut away the dead and infected tissues, cut through the tibia, and separate the dead limb from the rest of the leg. Afterwards, the surgeon will use the remaining muscle tissue to wrap over the bone and, if there's enough left, a flap of skin to close the stump. If there isn't enough skin, a skin graft will be used to allow the surgeon to properly complete the procedure. Once the amputation is complete, it'll need to be bandaged and excess fluids will need to be drained. This may take a few days, while complete recovery will take a few months. Keep in mind, I'm presenting all this info under the premise that stim packs aren't available. Stim packs can help reduce the month-long recovery to only a few days, and may even make an amputation unnecessary. Unfortunately, stim packs don't grow on trees, and on a long trip, you're likely going to run out at some point. The Dashwood surgeons are good at what they do, so Private Phillips here will survive the amputation and, once he's healed up, he'll be able to get a prosthetic leg. I'll be prepping Phillips for surgery, so for now, that's all I've got for you. Thanks for listening to Wasteland Health! Siobhan out! Keep yourself safe out there! <laughs> Back to you, Crispy! Thanks, Siobhan. I'm sure Private Phillips' surgery will go well. For now, though, it's time for a little music break while we prepare for the back half of the show. I'm going to leave you all with You Call Everybody Darling, as performed by the Andrews Sisters. Enjoy, dear listeners. Johnny? Johnny, there you are. Damn it. Johnny, please, just hear me out. Come on, kid. Just talk to me. He's still refusing to speak to you? Hello? What he said to me during this segment was the most he's talked to me all week. All right. I'm tired of this shit. I'll go talk to him. In the meantime, try and figure out what you're going to say to him. Wait, really? You'll talk to him for me? Yeah. Just this once. I don't want this group falling apart just because you're an idiot. It would make it insufferable to work with any of you. Jonathan does seem to listen to you, so this could work. So long as your solution to the situation doesn't require some barbaric raider beating. You're the only one who's gonna get a beating if you keep calling me a raider. I'd like to see you try. Uh, whatever. You're, you're not important right now, which is pretty standard for you. Uh, impudent whelp. <laughs> mm, uh, Crispy, meet me back here after the show. Will do. And, uh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Don't mention it. Hey, Shoban. Crispy didn't send you, did he? Mm-mm. No. I, I just wanted to check on you. Mind if I sit with you? Oh, uh, go ahead. So, this all started over... Pendleton's arm. He'd removed it and repurposed it into a laser rifle for me when I had to leave the vault. Oh. Growing up in a vault. I, I mean, I, I lived in one, but not in the way it was supposed to be. Well, I was the only human there. Aside from me, 
The vault was populated exclusively by robots. Most of them were assigned to maintaining the vault, but a few of them were assigned to take care of me. Pendleton was my primary caretaker. He fed me, clothed me, bathed me. He took care of me. Ah, kinda like a parent? I guess. Most people have parents, right? I, I mean, I understand how humans reproduce, but I was the only human. Oh, so Pendleton was kinda like your mom or dad. What was he like? He was a Mr. Handy domestic robot equipped with all the tools and programming necessary to care for a child. As far as the Mr. Handy model goes, he wasn't all that different, but he was special to me. Pendleton was there when I woke up in the morning, when I got back from school, when I went to bed, and whenever I had nightmares. <laughs> we had this game where Pendleton would lock a toy or a snack in a room and make the password a series of numbers related to a specific string of digits of pi and I would have to figure out what the password was. He was always so proud when I got it right. Oh, sounds like he really cared about you. As much as a robot could. What happened? What made you leave the vault? I still don't know where it came from. But a computer virus infected the vault's mainframe and caused the robots to attack anything on site. Pendleton hadn't synced with the network yet, so he was spared and helped me escape. Pendleton removed his arm and gave it to me after he had been damaged by Sergeant Steele, my physical education teacher, in a firefight. When we got to the door, Pendleton held the robots back while I got out, and he was crushed by the vault door. That arm was all I had left of him. I'm, I'm sorry, Johnny. Thank you. So it must have really sucked losing that arm after all that. It did. But I thought that I was the one who caused it to overload. I believed that for years, and every time I messed up, every time I failed to fix something, the sound of that arm exploding just played on repeat in my head. And the whole time, Crispy was the one who caused the overload and then lied about it. Looking back, I'm starting to realize just how much he lied to me. How can I ever trust him again? How do I know he's being honest with me? Hey, that's fair. It was really shitty of him to treat you like that. Especially after years and years of traveling together. Hell, he was the first person you met when you left the vault, right? Y yeah Ugh, man. And to think that after meeting this kid all alone in the wasteland, this kid who doesn't know shit about how the world outside the vault works, and he takes you along just to fuck with you. Ugh. What a piece of shit. Well, he did teach me a lot about surviving. And thinking on my feet. He also showed me how to cook, and even though I'm not very good at it, he would always eat whatever I cooked without complaining. And he got me out of Cutler's workshop back in the Red Wastes. He saved my life when he could have just run away. So now you're defending him? Well, no, but maybe? I just... He's my best friend, and he's still my best friend. It just hurt to learn that he lied to me all these years. I get it. <sighs> so, what are you going to do about it? I don't know. I spent this whole week actively avoiding Crispy. It's going to be uncomfortable approaching him. Eh, that might be unavoidable at this point. But, I'm sure you can figure something out. Hell! You figured all this out on your own. <laughs> Even if you did need a little nudge. Well, I don't know how much longer I'd have been mad if you hadn't helped me talk through it. Thanks, Shoban. Eh, don't thank me. Ah, I was just getting tired of you and Crispy being total downers. <laughs> this was a purely selfish endeavor. Well, whatever the reason, I'm still grateful. Don't mention it. If I haven't said it before... I'm really glad you joined us, Shoban. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I just gotta get out of here, nerd. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a robot tune. Robot things with, or whatever. <laughs> Actually, yes. I do have robot things to do. Talk to you later. <laughs> I knew reading those psychology books would pay off.
Welcome back, dear listeners, to Wasteland Active Radio. Your old pal Crispy is back behind the mic, and you've just finished listening to Tuxedo Junction, as performed by Glenn Miller. Sure am glad the Dashwoods provided plenty of music on holotape. Atlas sat on my last collection back in Station Hill. Speaking of Atlas, it's time to go to Atlas for this week's on-the-scene interview. Atlas? Greetings and salutations. I am the Grand Master of Ceremonies, Atlas. Today, I'm joined by Major Danielle Walsh, leader of the Daring Dashwood Forward Operations Team, 19th Division. Thank you for agreeing to this interview, Major. You're more than welcome. What did you want to ask me about? I believe the listeners in the wastes would like to know a bit more about you considering your division is part of the spearhead of the Dashwood War effort. How did you join the Daring Dashwoods? Ah, it's kind of a funny story. You see, back when I was a kid, growing up on a farm with my parents and my older brother, we were attacked by cannibals. They took over our home and... Over the next few weeks, they began to butcher my family and eat us. They started with my parents before they turned their attention to my brother. When they tried taking him to be butchered, he fought back and started the house on fire. While they were busy gutting my brother and fighting the fire, I took the chance to escape. <laughs> the is a funny story. Yeah, maybe not quite that funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I spent the next few years on my own, scavenging ruins for scrap to sell. It wasn't much of a living, but it kept me alive long enough for me to find a Dashwood-sponsored settlement. While I was there. I saw some of their recruitment posters and how well the people were doing there. But what really sold me on it was how much money they offered to join up. So I signed up. So your interest in the Dashwoods was purely monetary? Initially, yes. But over time, I saw what the Dashwoods were doing for the Wasteland. I wanted to be a part of that. I signed on for four years and extended my contract as soon as it ran out. I even went into officer training, which is how I ended up being assigned to lead the 19th. I hadn't heard of officer training amongst the Dashwoods. What can you tell me about it? Well, there are plenty of specialist classes you can take, depending on your focus. Cartography, explosives handling, advanced weapon training, and so on. The only necessary classes are for leadership and tactics. Subjects I'm now well versed in. Plenty of veteran Dashwoods go into officer training since, even if they fail, it's free, and they almost always learn something new. Fascinating. The more skills you have, the higher your chances of survival in this world. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Ideally, that is how it's supposed to work. But... Sometimes, your family farm is invaded by cannibals, and no amount of wilderness survival training, or how many empty Nuka-Cola bottles you can juggle at once, will stop you from dying to a knife in your neck. Very true. Were you given a choice in what team you joined? Yes. But I had my eyes on a leadership position in the forward operations teams back when I was still a scout with the 8th Division under Major Irving. I've never heard of this Major Irving before. What can you tell me about them? 
Oh, Major Sarah Irving. Best woman I've had the honor of working with. She retired a couple years ago. Major Irving was a huge inspiration. She literally carried injured Dashwoods on her back out of a firefight on more than one occasion. It's because of her that I even considered going through officer training. Few people believe in the Dashwoods like she does. Oh, sorry if I'm rambling. I can't commend Major Irving enough. Sounds like you respect her quite a bit. I can understand the sentiment. On the subject of Majors, I believe you know Major Davy Sterling, correct? Who you know for a fact that I do. Dave and I went through basic together. He, he's like a brother to me. How so? Well, after we stopped hating each other, anytime anything was wrong with either of us, we turned to each other to lean on. Even still, when it came to competition between us, oh, we were ruthless. <laughs> Honestly, seeing Davy after all these years, I, I can tell he's mellowed out quite a bit. That that's probably for the best. <laughs> but I could still beat him in arm wrestling. <laughs> I I see. Next question. What are your thoughts on the war? Oh, hmm. I saw all the bodies at Station Hill. I've seen the settlements that Macklin's army has destroyed. I've seen the estimate of how many people they've killed or abducted. We need to stop Macklin. He's a threat to the entire wasteland. Stopping monsters like him is necessary if we want to rebuild society. Well said. On that note, what are your thoughts on General Roosevelt? Roosevelt was the obvious choice to lead the Dashwoods after General Taft's death. General James Roosevelt has led his battalions in successful campaigns back to back to back with his impeccable tactics and leadership. I'm proud to have him as my leader. Many of the Dashwoods seem to share this sentiment. The few who seem to disagree with him always bring up what happened in Tennessee. Yes. The extermination of the hate group known as the Proud Company. I believe that everyone who is born deserves the right to live life as they see fit. However, when your way of life results in you needing to subjugate people and treat them as less than human, when your economy is built on slave labor, when you do nothing but make enemies of all your neighbors. No, oh, you're setting your society up for failure. General Roosevelt's actions in Tennessee were absolutely ruthless. There is no denying that. That being said, Brown Company was like a tumor. There are plenty of groups like that all across the waste. All they do is detract from civilization and prevent us from improving as people. Hate groups trying to bring us back to the 1860s don't deserve to gain ground. And General Roosevelt knows this. When faced with the potential backlash from his actions, Roosevelt didn't flinch. I admire that. That's absolutely cold-blooded. I like that. Well, we're nearing the end of our interview, so I have two more quick questions for you. First, 
do you read much? Oh, not as much as I used to. Considering we're in the middle of a war. But, yes. Excellent. What is your favorite book? Hmm. It's, uh, it's a toss-up between The Art of War and Lord of the Flies. I, I, I can't decide. I know both of those books. Unfortunately, I've been unable to find a legible copy of either. How are they? Oh, they're great! I have a copy of The Art of War. Yeah, it's pretty worn. But I'll let you borrow it if you'd like. That would be wonderful. I knew I was going to like you. Oh, of course. Anything else you need? No, that's all. Thank you. Please have an excellent day. You too. That brings us to the end of our interview. I am your Grand Master of Ceremonies, Atlas, and this has been On the Scene. You are welcome. Back to you, ghoul. Thanks, Atlas. And thank you, Major Walsh, for taking time out of your busy schedule to do an interview for the show. That's all for On the Scene, so let's move on to this week's Open Table. Open Table? Yeah! How many times do I... Wait a minute. Holy crap! What are you doing here? I, I thought you died back in Station Hill. Uh, no. I got lost after the tornado and, uh... I wound up in Indiana at Major Ham's outpost. Hey, I'm just glad you're alive. Why don't you come on in, have a seat? Uh, no. No thanks. Aw, oh, come on, this isn't about me shooting at you, is it? Uh, I mean, it kinda is, but, um, it's, uh, um... Go on, spit it out. I'm, uh, uh how many people are listening? Yeah, probably a decent amount. We are live, after all. Hold on, is that what's making you nervous? Yeah. But all of my interactions with you have been you interrupting me during the show. Well, yeah, but I could just run off afterwards and that would be it. All right, get over here. Let's break through that stage fright of yours. Come on. Come on! Um, okay. Now what? How about we start with your name? It, now that I mention it, I I don't even know your name. <laughs> uh, hi. I'm Sergeant Guy Kidman with the Daring Dashwoods. Guy Kidman. Seriously? Well, my full name is Gaylord Guybrush Manson Kidman, but I only keep my dad's side of the family name. <clears throat> uh... So, Guy, you were back in Station Hill. How'd you end up out here with the 19th? Well, after the battle with Macklin and the tornado, I woke up in a mattress factory. I think the tornado tossed me there and threw a window, but luckily a pile of skeletons and beer bottles broke my fall. I tried making my way back to Station Hill, but I went too far south and ended up in New New Mexico. When I turned around, I got enslaved by a band of traveling raider musicians, but they kicked me out when they realized I couldn't exactly play trumpet, and I was just making noises with my mouth. Uh, eventually, I made my way back north and found Outpost 12, and I got reassigned to Major Walsh's team. Nope, I'm not sleeping. Did I relapse? Am I on jet right now and can't even tell? You are real, right? Let me just... Let me just poke you to be sure. Ow! Are you okay? Are you? I'm okay. A little hungry. I... Uh, right. So, how long have you been with the Dashwoods? Oh, going on about six years now, I think. Why'd you join up? Don't tell anybody. But I signed up on accident. I thought I was signing up for sewing lessons that came with a free gun. It wasn't until I was given the rank of private and assigned to Major Sterling's team that I realized I had messed up. I... 
I'm too sober for this. So anyway, what's your role in the Dashwoods? I'm with the scouts. You don't exactly seem like the most uh, observant person I've ever met. How'd you get assigned to him? I got passed around from unit to unit before getting assigned to Major Sterling's team, where I worked in the mess tent. Things were pretty nice there, but then the tornado hit. I got reassigned to Major Walsh's team and she put me with the scouts, since I'm really good at hiding and sneaking around. Okay, I can understand that. But sometimes I'm too good and nobody can find me, especially when I get stuck. Like last week, we were scouting out a super duper mart. Myself and two others went in and found it full of feral ghouls. We tried sneaking out, but the ghouls had blocked the exit, so we tried leaving through the loading dock. I accidentally alerted the ghouls when I opened the door for my squad mates, and we got separated. I crawled into a vent to wait for the ghouls to calm down, but I fell asleep. Uh... Okay. When I woke up, I forgot where I was and panicked. My screams woke the ghouls up again, and I tried crawling through the vents to get through the roof to get away. When I found a vent that led to the roof, I I tried crawling through, but I got stuck. My squad mates came back the next day with reinforcements and cleared the place out, but it took them almost all day to find me since I fell asleep again. Well... At least you're okay. So what can you tell me about your life before joining the Dashwoods? Well, I worked in a mine with my parents. They started the mine themselves and bought me to help them mine it out. Uh, Wait, they bought you? Oh yeah, I was a slave until I was six. Anyway, my parents bought me and gave me a name before putting me to work in the mines. So... They weren't your parents, they were your owners. But isn't that how it works? No, that's not at all how it works. Dude, they kept you as a slave. You know, that does make a lot of sense. They always hated it when I called them mom and dad. Huh. That's making a lot more things make sense, too. Like how they would call me slave and threatened to sell me. Thanks for clearing that up for me. Uh, you're welcome. I think I need time to process things. I'm gonna go back to my tent. Yeah, you do that. Thanks for the interview, and good luck figuring that stuff out. Thanks! Man, this radio thing is great! I should have done this sooner! Well, that's what I get for not having a solid plan this week. With that out of the way, I think it's time for all of us to wind down and reflect on things. Maybe you're just now realizing things that you were oppressed all these years, or maybe you just need a breather from the overwhelming amount of oddness that you just experienced. Whatever you need, just remember that Wasteland Active Radio is here for you, dear listeners. Sometimes an outsider's perspective on things can help to reveal something we never realized was there. So maybe next time that crazy guy in town is talking about the moon cows that steal mute fruits to fuel their rocket cars so they can break the barrier between vision and taste, maybe there's a deeper meaning there. Or they're just flat-out bonkers, you never know. Well, dear listeners, that's another show in the bank, more info and interviews for you to learn from or stew over, and another bit of entertainment to break up the harshness of the winter wonder wastelands. Stay safe and stay warm, dear listeners. This has been Wasteland Active Radio. Coming to you from the 19th Division. Crispy, signing off. Wasteland Active Radio was created, written, and produced by Z. Hagen and Jay Wilson. Brought to you by the record button. The roles of Crispy and Buckets are played by Mr. Wilson. The roles of Atlas, Dave, and Sergeant Kidman are played by Mr. Hagen. The role of Johnny is played by B. Seawick, and the roles of Chopin and Major Walsh are played by Britt Egestall. Britt and their partner Mel both run another channel called Milbert's Productions, home to all your nerdy and geeky entertainment needs. 
special thanks to our guest this week, Amanda Wellhouse as Private Phillips. Wasteland Active Radio is set in the Fallout video game universe owned by ZeniMax Media and Bethesda Softworks. No copyright infringement is intended. Please support the official release. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting the Daring Dashwood Mercenary Company! Shoban, stop shoving me. What are you what are you doing? Just get in there. Yeah. What the hell? Oh. Johnny. Uh, hi. Oh. Hey. I gotta take care of something real quick. I'll be back later to help out. Uh, play nice, you two. What I uh, what's she talking about? I need an extra pair of hands to get this plating mounted onto my armor. I can help with that. Uh, what do you need me to do? Just stand on the other side and I'll feed the mounting cables to you. Okay, I can do that. Right here? Yeah, just look for one of these and pull it through when you see it. Got it. I'm ready. Okay. Feeding it through now. See it? Uh, yeah. Just pull it through? Yep. Pull it through gently. All right, that's all I've got. What now? Just hold it for now. We've got three more left. Hey, um, can we talk? Like, about what happened? Yeah, we should. I I just wanted to say that I'm sorry. Again. I didn't know how much that arm meant to you, and if I had, I wouldn't have messed with it. I wanted to tell you that I was the one who messed up, and I would have if I knew how bad you were beating yourself up over my mistake. I was just... I was afraid you would have left, and that I'd be alone again. I forgive you. You do? I spent the whole week stewing over this. I felt like absolute garbage after Pendleton's arm blew up. And this past week, I felt the same way. It brought up a lot of things that I haven't really dealt with yet. While I'm still upset that you lied to me and have been lying to me for years, I don't want to lose my best friend. Johnny. But no more lies. I need you to tell me the truth from now on. Yes, of course. Promise. I promise, Johnny. I'm not going to lie to you anymore. But... Being facetious is still on the table, though, right? Yeah, but tell me that's what's going on, because sometimes I don't notice. I can do that. Good. So... We're good now? Yeah. Ah, bring it in, kid. Ah, I love you, kid. I love you too, Crispy. Oh, hey, I've got something for you. Uh, if apologizing again didn't work, I was gonna give you this, for better or worse. Is that a DIY miniature functioning Mr. Handy model kit? With the limited edition Nuka-Cola paint job? Crispy, General Atomics only made 100 of these, and only employees could get them. Where did you get it? Oh, it's, uh, it's a bootleg. Bought it off Dana Dawson herself before she left. Oh. Still, this is great. It's so tiny. I can't wait to put this together. I'm gonna name him Pendle Tiny. So, you like it? I love it. Thanks, Crispy. Hey, I'm back! Uh-oh! You two aren't trying to kill each other anymore? Yeah, he apologized. I forgave him. And look! He gave me this! I'm calling it Pendle Tiny. Ha! <laughs> That's great! So, do you still need my help with that plating I found for you, or...? Nope. I got it from here. Oh, I see. Well played. And thanks for the help. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, 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 Johnny! I stopped by the supply tent and I found something amazing! Check it out! This helmet 
drones and translate brainwaves to movement? Oh, so I thought, little reprogramming. You see where I'm going with this? Wait, with something like that, we could get it to connect with another device. We might even be able to connect it to a prosthetic. Maybe even just a pre-made robot arm. up on the nervous system, and I think we could even get it to use electric pulses against your stump to stimulate feeling! Oh, you could not only feel things, but you'd be able to tell things apart without looking! Oh, think about it! You wouldn't even need surgery! You're right, but... I know Cutler got you all fucked up about surgery, and I, I get it. So I, I, I tried to figure something out. Shoban. This is incredible! When can we start? <laughs> I'm gonna leave this with you. Then I'm gonna go start gathering parts. Meet me in the mess tent in an hour? I'll be there. Yeah, I'll see you then! Well, hell yeah. Sounds like you're getting an upgrade. Yeah, it sure does. Uh, let's... let's get this panel on. Uh, okay. I'm just... Just gonna get these two bolted on so it doesn't fall apart. I need to sit down. Whoa, you okay, Johnny? What's wrong? <sighs> I've just been feeling weird these past few days. Weird how? My heart feels like it's skipping beats. I feel lightheaded. My stomach starts tickling. And I start sweating. Have you gone to the medics? Hell, have you talked to Chauvin about it? That's the thing, Crispy. It's whenever she's around that I start feeling like this. I don't know what's wrong with me. Wait a minute. Johnny, are you telling me? Crispy, I'm scared. Am I gonna die? <laughs> nah, kid, you're gonna be just fine. 